Hello everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network I am your host Eddie V, thank you guys for joining me Hopefully everyone had a great holiday, had a great Christmas, great Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate um, I am back, I know it's been a long time uh, since I actually put out an episode um, But that's due to working the holidays, you know, when, you, when you're working 10 to plus hours I should say you kind of get tired and um it was just a busy holiday season but I enjoyed everyday working with the people that I work with and I even though my podcast suffered and I wasn't able to record um I, I still have fun but I am back I'm glad to be back doing this and entertaining you guys and you know informing you and just having a great time doing it um but on today's episode got a really good topic and kind of want to hear what people think about this uh, why aren't there more modern classic games and when i mean about modern classic games like these we could go back and look at uh and mostly talking about from the gamecube ps2 xbox era until now now and i don't want to say in 64 and uh ps1 um because those games are kind of now retro they i think they kind of uh, got into a certain age where you could call them retro, depending on what when if you grew up with them or not. What well, I think like PS2, Xbox, um, and GameCube. I think those games are considered more modern still. Uh, kind of with the graphics and if you look back at them, there some of the art styles like that still looks good today. And so those games kind of can be looked at as classics. Um, but I kind of want to go into it and one, cause I wonder why there aren't many minor classics and why, uh, a lot of people, you know, really don't talk about it, about it that way. Um, so the first part I'm going to ask is what does it take to become a classic? And these are just a few points that I think for a game to be a minor classic compared to what a retro game or like a retro game could be considered seen as a classic. Um, if the game is memorable throughout. And and most people could say, well, that could be any game. So any game could be classic. But it's mostly like when it's memorable every time you think of a list or you think of a topic or something you want to use, for example, that game always comes up and always are in discussion. You know, you could reflect back on it um, because you have so many good memories and it did something to you as a gamer. Like, if you're still playing something like The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, you know, going back to that game, even not, even the Wii U version, not, you know, uh, you know, uh, the HD remaster, not, not playing there or anything, but you always could go back to the GameCube version and just be like, wow, this game still looks good. And I still remember getting the sword and the way I fought, uh, fight Ganondorf at the end. Just like the stuff like that that still stands out. And, you know, over time, as you grow up, you go back to it or maybe every five or six years and it's still just, you know, it just hits you in the good feels and stuff. You'd be like, man, this game is still fun. So that kind of memory that, um, you know, sometimes that could become a like a personal classic for you. Um, the music and level layout, you know, you can hear a tune and just as catchy and memorable Mario is alone, you can hear music from a video game uh, right now and be like yeah that's the classic right there because it's still stand the test of time 
um, it becomes the title that defines what the company is, was all about. So if you kind of listen to um, a lot of game music, you know, soundtracks and stuff, there might be some games that that music and just the way that uh, the level uh, layout, I was just looking at that, um, that company is like known for. But uh, with that, it kind of defines what that company is. So if you think about, let's say, Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, for PS2, you kind of think of that's what Cap, uh, not Capcom, uh, that's what Konami was all about, making these cinematic games um, and making you think of what stealth is and espionage and, you know, over the top, uh, zany boss fights and stuff, but it still just recollects with you. And it, it may be different from what people thought of that company back in the day like if you think of gta uh three you think of rockstar and if you only think about you know that game defining the company that's all you're going to think that rockstar is known for yes they um did max Payne also uh but grand theft auto for a lot of people is a class minor classic game for them because they grew up with that um and it defines what Rockstar, you know, how they design their games. For some people, it could be Gears of War, but Epic, you know, third-person shooter. Um, for others, it might be Resident Evil 4 for Capcom, just like making these action-packed shooter games. You know, Nintendo still make great quality games. So maybe something like um, Luigi's Mansion might do it, or Super Mario Sunshine uh, might be a minor classic in this game design with color and stuff. Um, even if we look at the Dream cast uh soul caliber 2 is a minor classic uh with that system um you know res is a a minor classic you know just there's just different things that might define what a company's all about when it produces its games so that title you know uh from that company might become a classic or a minor classic because that company released stuff like that you know they don't follow any kind of I don't want to say trend. Sometimes there are companies that want to do things their own way and doing it their own way, their titles might become a classic. Um, instant recognition, uh, sorry about that. Instant recognition, uh, uh, recognition, sorry about that. Instant recognition that most players can tell without thinking that clicks with many, uh, represents what video games can be about. Now, when I talk about, uh, instant recognition, um, that most players could tell without thinking that clicks with many um or and represents what video games could be about i'm talking about something like portal 2 you know if you if you think of what's a great video game or what would you recommend um some people and this just for example might just say like portal 2 you know it's a puzzle game puzzle platform game and it really makes you think but there's so much in the game with this story with this voice acting um with this level layout um with the puzzles and you know feeling good about getting the answers and stuff and even some of the um challenges i don't want to say boss fights but some of the challenges you would actually just be like bam you will recognize it and be like this is a great game that you must play and this is what video games games could be about sometimes it's not all about action or being bloody or you know fighting or you know or being uh violent or telling a huge story sometimes it could just be a simple puzzle game that could be deep 
relaxing and just makes you want to think and use your brain and feel good that you actually get solved that you solve a puzzle sometimes the fun of a game could be finding the logic in this puzzles and solving it and just be like you know what i did this on my own or you know giving someone involved and be like we solved it together some and some people might say that for the witness also that might be a minor classic you know solving the puzzle and having a having time to think and you might feel like you hurt your head or stuff like that but you'll be able to realize that you know once you solve it you'll be like wow i solved a puzzle on my own and you know that might become a classic for you because you could probably go back in years and just be like i remember solving this puzzle but I, man i had to try to figure out how i did it again and figuring it out be like oh yeah now it's coming back to me you know stuff like that so um, the fun keeps you coming back and could probably appear on many lists throughout a gamer's life. So, you know, every time you go back to that certain game, you can have fun with it. Uh, I was playing um, DMC Devil May Cry. Um, and I, I sometimes I go back to it. I've been playing the Definitive Edition a couple of months back. And every time I play it, I have fun. Or, you know, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. You know, I, I just end up having fun with that game. Uh, Super Mario Brother 3D World. Um, every time I go back to that, I, I just enjoy myself and so there there's just something something about the fun in those games that i have that has me keep going back now i'm not saying that not all games would do that that when you get done with the game after having fun you trade it in or put it back you know in this uh case and just never play it again or just let someone borrow it sometimes you know the fun that's in the game that keeps you coming back might might just you know result in what you enjoy as a player and you want to keep that enjoyment going where you feel like there's a game that might not click with you but if you go back to that one game that provided that fun you would be like man i just want to play this again and again uh you know like something like ikaruga for me i i know it's hard and it's difficult but i always get a fun out the challenge and i just keep enjoying it you know something like uncharted might not do it for me but if i pop in ikaruga i might just be like yeah i love switching this uh yin yang gang style um you know with the black and white and just go in and just have a fun to see how many points i could get how many times i could uh get through a level without dying or continuing just and just watching sometimes even watching other people have fun uh through youtube and stuff and just enjoying it just be like wow that's the kind of fun that i love and that keeps bringing me back uh, something people can go and study from to help understand its design and how that made it popular in the classic now and with modern classic games um using it as more as research sometimes i do i do it a lot and i tell people i do it a lot uh for my blogs for my podcast for other discussions and stuff that i love going back to older games and sometimes new games and researching it uh you know for his level design for his voice acting to see where things uh and ideas and topics could go you know and i think if you like want to uh talk about well this is an rpg that you'll be able to get into i recommend going to final fantasy 12 or something like that you know 
Some people might not see that as a minor classic, but, you know, you would get the understanding of what an RPG is and how an MMO style game may be. Or, you know, uh, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Um, to understand uh, how an open world 3D Zelda game uh, is designed without all the uh, uh, selling that Wind Waker did. Um, or, you know, Ocarina, I want to say Ocarina of Time, but I think Twilight Princess is a little bit more faster. Um, with that and so you can understand dungeons and kind of how a Zelda game in 3D in this modern age was designed and kind of um, kind of cleaned up I should say so you know you could you could see a minor classic as that way or you know sometimes a game like that will become a minor classic um maybe it's what you love uh you love about video games you know sometimes not a particular game that everybody enjoys or plays would be considered as a minor classic and there's never a definite list you know at the end of the show i do have a list of games that i personally think and maybe some people can agree or others uh, won't agree who knows but there are some games that just stand out that I could see as you know becoming a minor classic or that might be a personal minor classic um, the, the, but the one of the big things that I love uh, and I think that defines what a game to be a minor classic is is that it's impactful and inspirational if it continues to get you more into video games into that genre into learning that company or learning that director or you know learning the history or you know making you want to become a programmer or artist or you know or it's just it connects with you on a personal level like it tells you a wonderful story that you might be a person who don't read books and don't really care about story but if a game is strong enough to get you loving this story and you know you probably want you to go out and find other books or you know find books that make you want to read games uh not read games or you know read stories that's like this that tell a a bigger narrative you know a classic game like that might be able to do that and i kind of i love that um definitely like with me reading uh not reading uh, i do it even though i do a lot of reading and stuff um you know being able to do optional opinion as a podcast and playing all the video games that I've been playing as a child since I was five years old until now, you know, there's games that impact, uh, you know, has been impactful to me and inspirational for me to write, to discuss and to talk or to find out more about that subject and really get into it and, you know, talk, talk about it with other people and stuff, or even let me, you know, learn about a company and how they design games like Rayford Studio. I, I love Rayford. Um, and a lot of their games don't click at times but i think they're one of the best second party slash third party developers i love their art style they remind me of a modern konami or capcom from the 80s like you could just see the passion there that's in their games and i feel their passion through their games and that might be sound crazy and stuff but i always come out from their games just be like i had a really good time there might be some problems that okay fine yeah but i got such an enjoyable game that i feel like every time they bring something out i want to support them and that's how inspirational and impactful they 
they they've made me that when they drop a game out whether it's good or bad or regardless of reviews and stuff i want to support them because i want them to stay in the business and continue to make the games that they make so those are just some things or some rules, uh, whether you agree with them or not, um, that I feel like will uh, make a modern classic game. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about the age of Flash. So, the age of Flash. And what I think that a lot of modern games happens, um, you know, that it gets caught up in all this trying to be like cinematic and trying to wow the player. And sometimes things like that could hinder a game from becoming a classic. So, um, caught up in the hype. Sometimes you could get hyped up for a game and it could be so disappointing. Um, you know, just look at, for some people, Star Fox, um, uh, Star Fox Zero and Metroid Other M are perfect examples that, you know, they're new games coming out and they look, the trailers sometimes make them look good, but, you know, and you just get so hyped up, even though Mad Sky, look at that. Like these games are, the, the trailer makes them look so good. And then when they actually come out and you get them in their hand, in your hand, there's some form of disappointment from, for some, for some people, not everybody, but, you know, a game that's so, that, you know, that you think is going to be so great that, you know, it should turn out as a perfect 10 or even a 9.5. Like, it should be high up on the list of games to get and that I was going to enjoy or stuff like that. And for sometimes, it's not that. Um, You know, when you're caught up in the hype of a game, your expectations might low, might be lowered um lowered by um the actual product and you know how your opinion feels about it and stuff so you know stuff like that might stop you from becoming the minor classic that many might say i should say um might deem as that um mesmerized by the set pieces and trailers um sometimes games uh game trailers can lie to you and stuff that you see in that trailer might not actually be in that game. Uh, Watch Dogs and uh, a lot of Ubisoft ones are perfect examples. And if you go on YouTube, you can see uh, some videos of what they showed at E3. 
and then see how it's been downgraded or it's not even in the game. Like I was just watching uh, Bioshock Infinite and Ken, uh, Ken Levine was was talking about his cat, um, um, Bioshock Infinite and, you know, the designs that they and ideas that they had in their game. And then when it actually came out, even though it was still a good game, um, those ideas that he that they had they were all fully into the game. So the whole game transformed into what it is today. Now some people might be mesmerized by those set pieces that they had in their trailer, but in actuality it was just that. It was just a trailer to sorry about that to get you hyped about the game to get you excited to make you want to go out and want to pre-order that game and sometimes you know those that those set pieces might look good but it might not be actually something that you will do and i think when you're taken over by set pieces letting that you know create the hype that's within you when it's not there or when it's just like oh really i thought it was supposed to be bigger than that in the trailer and stuff because some people hold games up to their trailer um you know they hold them up to that uh to that status or to um that expectation that they expect to get um the one and done moments um definitely in the age of flash you know when you just see a big moment in the game and it's over with and you don't you consistently don't get that kind of moments with throughout the whole game that could really hurt a game for being a minor classic um it might cause controversy and it might help sales and stuff but just that one of the portion of a game for some people who don't play games it's major for people who do play games it's not because there are some companies and you could all everybody could look at activision and use call of duty as an example that they always place in something that's going to be a big moment and when it loses and when they continue to use that kind of one moment uh idea in different games it loses its impact it's, it loses the emphasis that it was trying to uh, present to you as the player and so that flash that's in the game hinders that game for being a modern classic you know um for some people if you look at the last of the last of us uh what happens in the intro you know it, it's such a good moment for some people but it, it's nothing else in the game that does that so you know it might the stories you know the stories the story and the gameplay and stuff have to carry that game for it to be a minor classic but you really won't hear people talk about or you know oh what happened in the intro has always stood with me and stuff like that you know just that one moment because i i feel like personally and I say this a lot that, you know, Heavy Rain does a better moment. It continues to, you know, keep a mystery around that one moment of, you know, of uh, to create the story and keep the suspense where where I feel like once that one once that moment in The Last of Us in the intro is done and over with, regardless of how you feel about it, you don't feel that way about the same throughout the whole game so um that could hinder it from becoming a minor classic now you know some people might say the last of us is on its way to be a minor classic or some people deem it as a minor classic um 
but it depends on how you look at it. Do you think for some people they think it's a minor classic because of the story and the characters. Some might think of it because of the gameplay and level level uh, layouts. You know, some people might say it's the voice acting. You know, some people might just say it's a such an emotional driven game where you know you might you might overlook other stuff to say that. Um, it's not a minor classic. Now, I'm not saying that personally is my personal minor classic game. It will be for some people a minor classic game that they go back to or they look, uh, look at, uh, its design and just have discussions about it. I'm, I'm personally, uh, and, uh, me and my boss, uh, Kyle from T Nerd, we're playing The Last of Us from, uh, I think different parts. I'm definitely gonna spend more time with it because I do want to have a discussion about, uh, uh, of, the, uh, I do definitely want to have a discussion about The Last of Us on this podcast um, with, you know, with me and Josh Brent talking about um, Heavy Ray. Uh, we went into a different way of talking about that game. And I kind of want to do that same thing for The Last of Us because I, I compared to Heavy Rain and The Last of Us. Uh, and I'm going to get back on because I have some more points for it. The reason why I compare those two games with this, with their narrative, because both, both games, I believe, bring a strong narrative dealing with the death of children. And we don't get that in games. The Call of Duty tried to do it, but it was such a, oh, it was just a thought. No, it happened and the game moved on and kind of forgot about it. And for some of the players, they seen it and were just like, oh, well, that was just the one and done moment of the game. It became an expectancy for Call of, for Activision to do that. Um, or Infinity War or Triard uh, or, you know, whoever was developing the game. Um, that became an expectancy. So it's different than when a game has a narrative like that. Uh, so, But I want to give a fair discussion to The Last of Us and kind of talk about how that game deals with uh the deals with things in that game that i feel like personally heavy rain might have dealt better with so i, I want to have that discussion um expect the twist in the story to keep the living idea stretched out um for a lot of games uh to keep a story going on um definitely uncharted 4 needs editing i feel like they the whatever twist is in the story and the length of it and just ideas of that game being stretched out i feel like that doesn't make a game a modern classic i think it made it flashy uh and it feels like you know they kind of ran out of ideas and the story was kind of in a spot. Uh, and you can even say that for uh Metroid of the M where the story just completely went nowhere. Um, and the ideas and the twist in the, in the game didn't do as much that, it, you know, it could have been better if they wrapped some stuff up and gave you a, a, a defining conclusion, I should say. Um, questionable ex- execution. Um, and this comes from, you know, when a game that looks gorgeous on the outside, uh, and they focus on that game being gorgeous and then the execution of the gameplay and the, the way the game just handles is bad. You know, the order 1886 is a good example, um, where the game looks phenomenal. It looks gorgeous, but everything else in the game is like 
completely terrible. Batman, Arkham Knight, um, the game looks good, but the execution and some of the design layouts and its flaws and stuff just makes it be like, what were you guys thinking of? Even when you delay a game for a, a long period of time and then it comes out and it doesn't hit it. And for some people, The Last Guardian is, is that, um, you know, they delayed the game for oh, pretty much 10 years and it looks beautiful and it looks exquisite, but the execution for a lot of it is just, mediocre it it doesn't meet the standard that you expected the game to be and that could make it stop not be a modern classic game now it might be a classic game in how mediocre games are designed or bad game design it could be a classic scene in that way as a modern classic and people can use those games as definite definite examples on how not to do stuff so i'm not i don't want to doubt that but uh, like when you present a game that's going to be so flashy you kind of got to present uh you know it's execution and why that flash was used it is it's part of design it's part of discussions um it's part of why people make the list that they make um when the flash in the trailer isn't in the game and that's why i talked about mem- uh, memorized by the set pieces and trailers um like I said earlier, watchdogs with the cr- car crashes and stuff. And then you see, um, that not being the thing that's in the game, that disappointment can stop it from being a modern classic also. So definitely with a lot of, a lot of third party and I don't want to really say indie games, but with a lot of third party, when they rely on the flash, uh, in the, in this execution and within the game, sometimes that could just stop a game for being a modern classic because it, it uses something that really wasn't needed at times. So when I come back, I'm going to be talking about a lasting impression. So when a game has a lasting impression on you, sometimes that makes it a modern classic for you personally. And it can. And, you know, a game can do that. So when it's affecting the player that the game is kept and not traded in. Now, this might seem a little bit ridiculous. But I think in the age of where we have, you know, big trading value deals for your games at GameStop or some whenever you, you trade your games in if you feel like you want to sometimes you feel like 
trading in that game to get another game or whatever is the only option instead of you know waiting saving up money um or waiting for a sale for that particular game and keeping your library and stuff like that. If a game doesn't have that kind of lasting impression on you, like if if it doesn't keep you involved and makes you happy to be a pers- person who owns that game, sometimes it, it just seems that you don't desire to see any game as a modern classic. You just see it as a product. You see it as the game of now and then when it when it's not the game of now you just trade it in and get rid of it it's so you could get a new game of now and th- that can happen to any game you know uh whether it's good or bad or whether it's a game that you play you really don't like you know it's that game of now and sometimes the game of now d- for some people it just doesn't do it for them it doesn't leave a lasting impression you know sometimes some people be like i just want to play with my friends or i really don't care about single player or it just doesn't do nothing for me i don't really care about that when when you feel that way about a game that that kind of hurt. i don't want to say it kind of hurts but it kind of you kind of have people wonder why do you play video games you know, you know, you're, some people might wonder, are you getting anything out of them? Because you're spending all this money and this time playing all these great games, but you you just don't have a care for them. And you have that right to have that. I just want to say that you do have that right. But sometimes there there are games that deserve to really be talked about and deserve your, deserve your attention and shouldn't just be treated as a product. Sometimes it should be treated as a, a form of art and storytelling. You know, it, it just does something, you know, for probably not for you as a player, but it might cre- help you create memories and stuff and teach you skills that you may be able to use sometimes in real life or in some for some other people use and to help, you know, other kids or new new gamers and stuff. So that there could be something like that. You know, that impression and that game that affects you can really do something like that. But for some people, you know, who knows? But I feel like it's the last when you feel like Definitely for me, like when I get a game and I don't trade my games in, I I, I always say I don't trade my games in because I like to go back and some and research them and sometimes they play them and enjoy them stuff and just have a good time with them. You know, there's a lot of things that that have a great impression on me that makes me like that company, makes me like that artwork, makes me want to write a week worth of blogs, makes me want to be like, okay, this is a classic in its own right, and this is why it deserves this attention and and stuff like that. You know, sometimes that last impression definitely for me is major because it's not the money that i spent on them it's the time and effort that this company put these developers put in and it just clicks with me and i like that when the game does that um everything in the game from music to to design is memorable and it's returned to um i like i mentioned that earlier uh, but you know, when a game impresses you that much, you just be like, wow, you can hear covers. You could be like, oh, someone's doing a concert. Um, like the legend of Zelda's goddess of the symphony. I've been there three times already. And every time I go, I enjoy it. And it's just, it's just something about listening to that. Well, no, not three times. I'm sorry. Two times. Every time I went 
and I listen to everything. It's just it's so enjoyable because that's what the Zelda games do for me. That music brings those memories. It's so relaxing. It's just like beautiful and just like ah like it's so relaxing and you know hopefully they do when they uh, they still do the goddess uh, goddess of the symphony they gotta do breath of the wild i want to hear uh orchestral version of that live um uh it feels like game of the year i could actually say uh titanfall 2 for 2016 impressed me big because i didn't play the first titanfall but playing the single player game, I love the gunfights. And I, I rant and rave about this for a lot of people. Um, uh, and I haven't did my, uh, I haven't did yet. Um, but I am planning to do, um, the second bunch of a game, uh, bunch of, of awards, uh, game awards, you know, the, the thing I normally do. Um, I'm doing it for my second year, uh, where I should bring, pick up different titles and, uh, random topics to award them and stuff. I am going to do that again next year. And there's just, there was so many great games that came out for 2016, but Titanfall 2, just like I, I talk about it and the, it impressed me because I have a problem with some guns in games and sometimes when they just don't do nothing for me they don't work well and i just use a i end up using a particular gun i kind of be like the game was okay but the gunplay and the uh, uses of guns are it's just not balanced here in titanfall 2 all the guns just feel exquisite they feel so good getting in the titan the action and moving around and, and it's a game that i am going to return to and and thoroughly enjoy even though i beat it and stuff and i just be like this is a game that i feel like had a nintendo x design to it you know, and of course I'm big on Nintendo's design and stuff because it just clicks with me. Titanfall 2 did that same thing to me. Like I was resting the raven just be like, come on, uh, Nintendo, let them do a new Metroid game or anything like that. You know, I kind of feel that way. And, <clears throat> you know, when a game feels like game of the year to you personally, I feel like that, that impression that was placed upon you makes you think that man in a, in a couple of years even when i go back to this game it's still going to be fun and that might become the minor classic for you um execution and major parts that make the game you know sometimes when a game executes um it's design and it's gameplay and it's just wow it really wows you it really captures of what the game is all about and you enjoy it and have a fun you know, that impression could be like, wow, this, they did a complete good job. Like I said, in Titanfall 2, um, getting into the Titan, the story between BT and Cooper, just like that execution, which is major to me because I don't get that in first person shooters because they keep jumping around everywhere. I feel like Titanfall 2 was told the story and the relationship of Cooper and BT was so important that they didn't mess it up. They made it comedic, but they also made it like these two people, their relationship really matters. And that execution, you know, Respawn did a terrific job in it. Um, the effect when a lot of gamers are not playing it, especially for those who are big lovers of that genre. Um, Ooh, sorry about that. Um, and what I mean about this is uh, Fire Emblem was a series that only uh, kind of niche uh, was a niche game, I should say. Not many people were playing the game or buying it. Um, when 
the when Fire Emblem Awakening came out and they kind of changed some of the rules and made it a little bit more easier and, and accessible, people flooded to the game. And, you know, it, for some people, it took game of the year for them. Um, the execution and the effort that was put into that game really won people over. And even though there's not a lot of people who were into strategy games at that time, now when you see or hear a Fire Emblem series, whether you're a Nintendo fan or not, a lot of people flock to it. Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon, you know, people were kind of getting tired of Pokemon and, you know, not evolving little by little. And if, if you can even look at Pokemon Go. But Pokemon Sun and Moon, a lot of people flock to it. They know Pokemon, but this one felt like a brand new game, felt like a big evolution, felt a big difference. And people are still talking about it and playing it and enjoying it. Um, and you know, when, uh, when, a when a certain genre is not being played, even though it has a lot of people who love it and stuff, when it's that like game that really comes out and that just impresses most people, like you were, you were kind of hyped and won over by the trailer or interested in the, in the game. And you finally were just like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on this game and you just enjoy it. You know, you took that chance and everything just clicked. You just be like, wow. Like, it, it, it just hits you and just be like, I really enjoyed this. Um, Bayonetta 2. I never played the first Bayonetta. And I had a problem kind of with these third-party action games. Um, like, I wasn't, I mean, God of War is good. Devil May Cry is good. Um, Ninja Gaiden, if you can handle those difficulty, is good. But Bayonetta 2, you know, at that time, we didn't really have a lot of action games coming out. Bayonetta 2 came out and just smashed 2014. Still to this day people go back and play and just be like goodness this game is so fun the combos and stuff and even though a lot of people weren't playing it at the time and it might have not sold well um people who who did pick it up really enjoyed it and really was telling people like if you get a wii u this is a must have and you know it, it's just the effect that for a lot of gamers uh, makes you wonder why more companies aren't doing or taking the risk. Um, and, you know, sometimes when a game can impress you in a really major way, you kind of wonder why a, like companies are not taking the risk. And I could use a perfect example. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. And uh, there's going to be a lot of Nintendo reference in this. Um, Yoshi's Woolly World and even Kirby's Epic Yarn, they took a chance with this art style. Yes, it's kid-friendly. Yes, depending on the difficulty, it can be easy or very challenging. But Microsoft and Sony have never, and uh, you could probably say Little Big Planet for uh, for Sony with a different art style stuff. I don't think there's never been a company from Sony and Microsoft to actually make a kids game that's charming. And 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 be able to present levels and present a fun in a real easy, charming way to game, you know, kids who uh who are not able to play the older versions of games, the violent ones and stuff. You know, Nintendo cartridges be like, you know what, we have this cool idea that anybody could play and you know, having fun with your family and stuff. And yes, it's cute and yes, we use a, a different art aesthetic that other companies 
bodies are not using. And you kind of want to just be like, you guys got all these big narrative stories and you got these companies who can make these gorgeous looking games. So why haven't you tried a different art style like Nintendo? And then wonder, you just, and you probably say to yourself, well, people don't buy games like that. And be surprised that people are are buying games like that and you know not saying to copy them but to be like you know what maybe we should try and see how it does we can even make it indie you know yoshi's woolly world to me made a very lasting impression not only for its music and its gameplay but its level design it's just fantastic like the challenge of the game to get everything is difficult and it's placed there if you if you as an older gamer who think that you could just run and breeze through the game no you're going to have to work for this game i mean you're going to have to work for that coin or for that secret and i enjoyed that and i kind of wonder i'm just like why microsoft or sony or even other third-party companies haven't haven't touched this haven't tried to do a different art style haven't tried to tell a story you know without using the big voice actors or anything like that you know and you could probably say indie games have done that and that's true indie games probably have done that um but i feel like there's sometimes when a company does something and it makes you wonder why other companies can't do it you might be like well they may fear that they can't have that same quality that one company does like sony and microsoft maybe they can't do a joshi's woody world not because it's it's not violent or they thinking about you know the sale numbers Maybe because they, they're not able to t- design a game or tell a story like that. They got to have something big and explosive and that's going to grab the adult gamer or the person who's going to be able to purchase a Xbox One or PS4 on their own. Where Nintendo just be like, we could, we want to put it out for all ages, regardless of you're a child to a grandparent. We want to be able to put this game into your hands and make you experience our design. Because sometimes you need a game that's charming and that's relaxing. And that's up to you to have the challenge that you want to have. And things don't have to be 40 plus hours. It could just be a simple platform game to be like, wow, you really made me think. But you made me think in a good way and relaxing. And just listening to the music and stuff. And that could be very impressive for some people. So when I come back, I'm going to address the Grand Theft Auto 3 problem. Uh, Actually, the Grand Theft Auto problem. And this one, guys, is going to be kind of a doozy. But we shall see where it goes. And with that, I will be right back.
Okay, the Grand Theft Auto problems. And this is more of a personal thing uh, for me, but I kind of want to explain, uh, bring it up into this topic of it being a modern classic or not. Um, names and numbers don't make a classic. And you might get confused about that. And why does this apply to Grand Theft Auto? The problem with, I feel like with Grand Theft Auto is that it's, it's a hard game to consider as a minor classic because of a lot of its design flaws. Yes, the number of the, of the series are, are just in the millions or even billions. They have sold a lot. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry about that. And, uh, the name Grand Theft Auto is, is, is recognizable worldwide. Like, or definitely here in the States for some people. It's, it's such a big name for Rockstar. It's a big name for whatever platform that's going to have it exclusively or whatever. Um, it's just a, a big name. But I feel like personally, it doesn't make a classic. Um, because Grand Theft Auto 3, like I said, have design flaws. A lot of that gets overlooked. And because it did such a tremendous thing in its numbers, for some people, they just be like, well, you, you don't play, uh, Grand Theft Auto the way that it's meant to, it's supposed to be played. And I kind of ask people, well, I'm like, well, how did you play it? Well, you, you know, you play it for doing all the crazy stuff that the game allows you to do. That doesn't make it a classic. That just makes me be able to experience what ideas that designer was able to put into the game. Like, I can't say that it's a classic about its music because it borrows music and from other stuff. It, you know, it, likes, it, it plays licensed music. Um, I can't really talk about its characters because... You know, the characters always change. There's not no one character that really stands out. And even though a character like in Grand Theft Auto uh, 5, you got three characters and they have their personalities. None of them really don't stand out. They're still doing terrible things. And, you know, there's no regret or, you know, or anything uh, about them. You know, they're just put in a linear story and supposed to act this way. And for them to have a certain characteristics that you would think that go, that defies the character when they're when they're set in a in a certain way because of the way that the, the game is designed and the story has to flow you would think that why this character haven't did this if they're supposed to be this personality if they're supposed to be this characteristic um because of grand theft auto 3 new approach open world games saturated the industry along with fps's now not to say that all of this uh blame goes to Grand Theft Auto 3, but I think because they made open world games uh you know a major hit, I should say, um and made it very noticeable that you know if you put these um if you allow the player to do these things and this, it becomes an expectation I should say if you allow the player to do these things in the game you're going to have a hit on your hand you know you could create how long you want the story to be you could create on how long the game is going to last for the player um you could reward them or you know you could show them the consequences of their actions uh and because people thought that you know if their game was like Grand Theft Auto 3 
or the Grand Theft Auto series that that was going to guarantee sales. And um, uh, why I say that also with FPS is that if the game is as big as Call of Duty, it's going to guarantee sales. And when a game doesn't guarantee sales, and I this is how I feel about sometimes with definitely with Grand Theft Auto that. It, it may guarantee certain sales, but it doesn't make it a minor classic because, like I said earlier, names and numbers don't make a classic. You could sell all the games, sell all the games that you want, but you don't constantly sell throughout. You know, you sell for a good maybe a month, two months, and it doesn't make it an instant classic because even though you sold the stuff, who's talking about your game afterwards? I could always go to a person and or I could always hear about something about the Legend of Zelda being played, something about Mega Man being played, something about uh, The Last of Us being played. Like, I could go back and hear a lot of people talk about classic uh, or even modern games from yesteryear or even now that people are talking about. If I mention Grand Theft Auto Five to a person, they might say, yeah, that was a great game, and move on. So, you know, sometimes... um the expectation of a open world game, you know, being saturated in the industry, you know, we got Saints Row, we have Sleeping Dogs, um, of course, Grand Theft Auto, um, we got like Lego City Undercover, like we just got all these kind of open world games, Assassin's Creed, um, we have Watch Dogs, um, and just other ones. And sometimes in the past, that you know, they think that if they make their game big and bold, even like Mafia Three or Mafia Two, like if they if they go in that narrative, and this definitely, uh, I would want I want to bring out Fallout Three and Fallout Four, going into this design, sometimes the numbers might be there but then people might be like uh it was okay but it wasn't what i wanted as a gamer um gta3 being seen as a phenomenon that never evolved but we find it recycled later on in the series making three three more of a beta than a classic and i i would say that grand theft auto 3 kind of started off uh open world games and kind of really took rockstar up to uh rockstar status i should say um to make games like the max Payne series um but you know even though max Payne sold what it sells and what uh, I, I still think max Payne 3 is the best game that rockstar ever have has ever done um grand Theft auto 3 um that being a phenomenon because of what you were able to do in the game and what it allowed you to do just felt more like okay this is the start of video games for a lot of people and this kind of viewpoint might not be good it may be good for older gamers but not for younger gamers because parents don't know about n-rated games at that time parents did not know about n-rated games still if you think that mortal kombat 2 and sega cd and all the uh, all retro games and stuff were to inform about parents when grand theft auto 3 came out it was such a controversy because of what the stuff was being allowed and parents didn't know that you know if a parent heard, heard mature they might think it's uh violence and sometimes there are just some things that kids were able to see with their parents but because you you know, some parents don't pay attention to what M the M rating was. You know, they would just think that it's just a video game that my son or my daughter could play. Um, 
And even though uh, the series has evolved, if you go back to Grand Theft Auto 3, you might just be like, what was I playing back in the day? Compared to something like, I would say, maybe San Andreas. If if I had to pick one of the Grand Theft Auto games to be a classic, a minor classic, I would say uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. That one was kind of good, um, but later on, the story just got a mess, and still the design flaws in that game. The driving is still horrific. Um, sometimes you get stuck in the walls, and, and it, it just becomes unfun. Uh, it going back to three until now, I feel like besides San Andreas, I feel like none of the games could be considered as classics. They sold well, but that's the only thing that. But you know, like I said, sale numbers doesn't make it a classic. You, you know, you gotta keep your player there, and not not using your not using the game ideas of. That okay, you could do this in the game, and that's going to keep you here. You know, that's all optional. If I don't choose none of those options, and I just follow the story with the way that it's meant to be played, and it doesn't it doesn't connect with me, how can I claim that as a minor classic? You're substituting optional things to make the game a minor classic, and sometimes when you do that. It doesn't make it. I'm like, it doesn't make the game strong. You have to depend on optional things to make your game strong. Why can't your own narrative of a game be strong? If I go back to Okami, because that is kind of an open world game, the narrative in that game is strong. The level design in that game is strong. The dungeon and the action and again, the weapons and the level up system and all this other stuff that is, that's in the game is strong. And it keeps me as a player engaged. If I want to do the optional quest, I can. But if I play the regular story in Okami, it's, it's strong enough that it can stand on its own. Yeah, it might take a design from The Legend of Zelda, but that's nothing bad. With Grand Theft Auto, because none of the narratives are really strong and the game design has its flaws that affect that narrative. Like if I, if I'm supposed to get away from the cops, but your driving mechanic is terrible and I keep, I have to do it over and over and over again. Your, your, your game is not strong. You didn't design your game strong. Why would, why would something that I do as a mission has nothing to do with the story? You know, it it doesn't, it just feels like it was a mission thrown together to put into the story to gain whatever trust or to show what you could do. Like, why do I have to do that? Why couldn't you just give me a mission that deals with the basic story without having to have like subplots and stuff like that? And, and. I, 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 that's why I feel like, you know, if you look at the Grand Theft Auto series and even if you look at three, it's just more of a beta version. Um. GCA 3 doesn't hold up well to be considered as classic. It was influential and impactful, but no one was or would go back to that game where something like The Legend of Zelda or Mass Effect will always be revisited in some form throughout the year. Um, player freedom, uh, locked, I should say. Um, player freedom that you, uh, when I mean locked, um, 
you only have certain you have the freedom to do what you want to do but there is consequences and not everything you can do in the game that you uh, that you could think in your head that should be logical uh to do you're not able to do um it'll be known for its selling history then being covered as a modern classic and i already reiterated um about that so i mean that's kind of what i have the, about the problem as grand theft auto um like if i was going to go for more of an open world game uh for this for design and purpose and purpose talk i will still i will still say uh grand theft auto send the dress if i had to pick for the grand theft auto but i would probably some i'll probably pick like saints row 3 it's a good this good game to look at for open world and design i would i definitely would recommend okami because of the art style and because of the how the story was told and um the stuff that was just allowed in that game like i would i wouldn't go back say grand theft auto games besides me like i said saying the dress like i wouldn't even say vice city or grand theft auto 5 like they they might they made it they may have done something at that time but they're still so flawed that it they can't to me personally i cannot consider them as a classic you as a listener may consider that as a classic and may see it's influential and may be able to direct somebody to be like this is a game that you need to play but for me personally there's just so many problems that's never going to be fixed in the grand theft auto series that i just can't consider it as a classic as a modern classic i should say um but you know they'd be like well it's sold this game so it must be something and sometimes you might play and just be like oh i don't know why it sold this but i guess or you know you might question question this execution like i said earlier so when i come back i'm going to be talking about um some of the new generation classes and not the older like the kids who are playing games today you know see what would they define as a minor classic compared to us older adults of where we'll see as a minor classic and with that i will be right back So, uh, let's uh, talk about 
Um, these may become the new generation classes and not the older. For some of these games, the newer generation will remember some of these games they bought or just played for a while. So mostly probably the kids of today um, in the Xbox and PS, uh, the PlayStation, and I would even consider the Wii, um, Nintendo Wii and 3DS or DS. Like for some of them, some of the games they may consider as their game that they grew up as the minor classic or they enjoyed. And for us, we might not consider it, consider it that way, but I kind of wonder what would the new, new generation will remember for a lot of them. They talk about Mario still. So that's a good thing. Definitely for me to, for me to hear. Um, but maybe Call of Duty and maybe Grand Theft Auto may be that the new generation's modern classic. Who knows? Um, since games have become more forgiving, the difficulty in them has kept or turned them. Um, because games have gotten easier, um, the difficulty in them, you know, has kept them, you know, playing the game and saying that that is their classic. Like, I don't think there's going to be any kid or any teenager who's going to deem The Last Guardian or deem The Last of Us uh, as a classic or, you know, Ratchet and Clank or Gears of War 4. Like, they might not deem those games as classic. They might just say Minecraft is a classic game to them um, because they were able to create. But if there was a game that was, that challenged them for a lot of them they said the game is too hard and turn away and that might actually become a problem uh, i don't know if it's ever going to get solved or anything but who knows what would be considered as their classic when it comes to difficulty in their games uh, games that made them think or tell a great narrative won't get the classic treatment because of the preference of that particular title especially especially with games easily being traded in or forgotten uh will or has sony and Microsoft become the new generation Nintendo Sega um I'm sorry um will or has Sony and Microsoft become the newer generations Nintendo and Sega when it comes to classic and not to even add VR and PC so you know will they see Sony and Microsoft as their Nintendo and Sega like would they consider their games or uh, their first party games or even games the third party games and indie games on those platforms would they could be considered as or highly regarded as the classic games that Nintendo and Sega has released back in the day and even in this modern time like what will they, what, just what would they be seeing what would they be talked about who know who really really knows um so uh when i come back and i just wanted us uh, to do that for a little bit of time because i have a big list that i kind of want to get to and who knows uh, uh i kind of want to talk to more of the newer generation of what would be your modern classic game like if it is minecraft or uh, if it is pokemon if it is um forza horizon 3 or forza over forza series if it is gta like what would be they're you know what would they consider as a minor classic game who really knows and i i at this point in time i really can't tell you uh what it is but you know i i kind of hope that wherever they 
deemed as a minor classic that uh, we might not see as a minor classic. I hope that they that they influence them and it you know teaches them good video game skills or even real life you know experiences stuff. I hope it, that hopefully it cre- makes them want to draw, makes them want to be programs like just influence them and impact them and leave a good impression to be able like you know get to even games journalism or podcasting and stuff and just be like yeah I grew up with this and this game meant something for me and this is my minor classic that's what I want to see for them so when we come back even though that's a really short segment um, when we come back um, I do have uh, some that I believe are minor classics um, and uh, the reason way I'm going to do this is that I am going to uh, take a break and during some of the break I'm going to bring it back in where some of the music still playing so with that everybody I will be right Five games that majority can call a modern classic. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Mass Effect 2, Portal 2, Halo 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. 15 games from PS2, Xbox, GameCube era. Okami, Final Fantasy X, Devil May Cry, Shadow of the Colossus, Persona 4, Knights of the Old Republic, Psychonauts, Project Gotham, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, Battlefront 2, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Soul Calibur 2, Mario Kart Double Dash, Resident Evil 4, Metroid Prime. For the PS3, 360, and Wii, The Last of Us, Uncharted 2, Resistance 3, Dark Souls, Saints Row 3, Gears of War, Burnout Paradise, Lost Odyssey, Forza Motorsport, Spec Ops The Line, Super Mario Galaxy, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, No More Heroes 2, Pikmin 2, World of Goo. PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U, Bloodborne, Rocket League, Overwatch, Gun, Journey, Titanfall 2, Gears of War 4, Ori and the Blind Forest, Forza Horizon 3, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario Maker, Bayonetta 2, Splatoon, Shovel Knight, 20 Honorable Mentions, Super Mario 3D World, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Yoshi's Woolly World, Burnout Takedown, Assassin's Creed 2, Minecraft, The Witcher 3, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Tatsunoku vs. Capcom, Beautiful Joe, Anamushi, Fire Emblem Awakening, Borderlands 2, Nugget Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Sleeping Dogs, Eternal Darkness, F-Zero GX, Dragon Quest 8, Pikmin 3, Alien Hominid, Geometry Wars, Bit Trip Series, Case Story, and Dead Space.
and that was the list. Um, well, right now, everybody, thank you for um, joining me with the show. I do have some plugs. Um, here on Option Opinion, you can find more of the show at the Anomalous Radio Network.podbean.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. I also do a podcast with my good friends, Larry Giver and Adrian Nieto, called World 101 Podcast. You can find that at archive.org iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. If you subscribe to SoundCloud and you subscribe to Optional Opinion, you'll also get World 101 um, podcast. We are working on getting World 101 uh, podcast is on iTunes feed. Uh, but right now, we're still working some things out. Got some a lot of great things planned out for 2017. Um, the Deluded Geeks on the Anomalous Radio You can find and like us on Facebook. The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, you can like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. Subscribe to them on YouTube also. Simon's Cake podcast at simoncake.wordpress.com where you can hear the podcast, which is also on iTunes. Uh, like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake and subscribe to them on YouTube also. Digital Nurse Advocate Network. You can check it out at the DNA Network.net and you can see and hear many of the podcasts like DNA Power Block, DNA Rose Gone Wild, uh, DNA Podcast, and more. Um, Corey has, has changed the, uh, podcast name to, uh, Gamer FM for the DNA Podcast. So he is doing more stuff on there. I am a writer and a participant on uh, the DNA. I'm part of their network. Uh, so I am a administrator, I should say. So so you can check also some of my writings on the DNA uh, Facebook page and on the DNA network.net on our uh, website. Um, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the DNA network and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can hear more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, and Google play um, team nerd team in three RD um, Kyle waste network network, um, the YouTube channel. Uh, I am a part of it. So do subscribe to the YouTube channel at team nerd, follow Kyle on Twitter, at my underscore my name is Kyle and Team Nerd Facebook page. Listen to us on Podcast Connected. Check out our reviews and Let's Plays and watch Kyle's vlogs on Fridays and more. And I will be partic- trying to participate more. Uh, I am on uh, con- uh, Podcast Connected. Um, I do have some writings that uh, could, that kind of uh, you know take you to our work, my WordPress uh, page for the writings. But I am part of Team Nerd, uh, so you guys can check us out and follow us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. I do reviews on there, and I like I said, I do podcasts, and I'm gonna be trying to do some next let's uh, plays also. But uh, we want to, I we, I definitely want to personally thank you guys who subscribe to the channel um you know not the 92 subscribers at this time um we thank you guys we hopefully you guys will stay with us for 2017 and allow us to grow and build with you we present a lot of great content uh mvc video game book club come and join us on facebook and join in the the discussion check out our past discussion on youtube at b-o-j-o-x-z bohawks um 
uh, come check us out. I was just on the latest uh, video podcast for it where we was talking about uh, the games of the year. Uh, I am getting back into the uh, video game book club, so I will be playing more than more Nintendo games for the month and try to contribute more to the discussions. I fell way back because I was doing a whole bunch of other things, and that this one kind of slipped away from me. But I will be back definitely for 2017. So, dude, come join us on the Facebook page, uh, NVC Video Game game book club and talk to us and we really want to hear from you guys uh secret friends united uh you can check their podcast on podomatic itunes and stitcher uh like their facebook page and follow them on twitter at secret friends you and subscribe to their youtube page secret friends united uh check out phoenix overdrive's content via youtube at youtube.com slash phoenix overdrive or subscribe to them via soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash phoenix overdrive and find them on itunes stitcher and google play music by searching for nerd overdrive uh join their discussion via facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash phoenix overdrive nation or you could tweet on tweet at them at phx underscore overdrive um or uh, tweet at their po- official podcast at nerd underscore overdrive um for their extra life efforts check them out at facebook.com slash phoenix overdrive or check out their extra life team at, uh, page at extra life.org slash team slash phoenix overdrive 16 and as always rise above uh, you can also ch- uh, check out their Twitch uh, TV channel, uh, twitch.tv slash phx underscore overdrive. Uh, Life of Gaming, you can find them on their website, lifeofgaming.net, where you can check out their podcast there and on SoundCloud. And follow them on Twitter at Life of Gaming Pod and subscribe to them on YouTube, Life of Gaming. Um, PlayStation Enthusiasts, uh, check out their website at playstationenthusiasts.com and on YouTube at PlayStation Enthusiasts. Follow them on Twitter at PSN, uh, PSN enthusiast and i know josh brent um he is a part of life of gaming um and he has another he's doing another project uh on once again i forgot to go back and write it down um but i will have more information on about that uh coming soon uh, you can email uh, optional opinion at myopt2comment at yahoo.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at that retro code. Um, you can read the optional opinion blogs at on ign.com under anime, E N I M E. And you can find my other series, The Moment at skirmishfrogs.com, S K I R M I S H F R O G S.com. I will be coming back to Skirmish Frogs producing more content for the moment. Um, you can, so you guys could be able to read more of my memories of and how those retro games connect to me i am coming back i like i said i fell way uh, behind doing other things and that just happened to get away from me um come see me on twitch and subscribe at the lyrical one capital d a capital l y r i c a l the number one and watch my let's learn series i will be uh starting that back up for 2017 because i really want to teach about some genres and have a discussion with you guys to be able to look for to that uh, also check out my amazing friend adam twitch channel at twitch.tv slash fallen little angel and see him rock out some great games just as you can subscribe there and follow him at twitter at f underscore little underscore angel and subscribe to him on youtube at fallen little angel check out my other talented friend amanda and check her exceptional beta video game work at don't trip and purchase some of them at etsy.com slash ca slash shop um, 
slash don't trip parlor beats you can follow her on twitter at rudoku to learn more r-u-d-d-o-k-u uh she might have changed it i got actually got to go back and make sure that uh that is consistent um you can also check out my standing friend fuet on youtube at henshin uh, go go and subscribe and follow him on twitter at henshin uh at henshin underscore a underscore no go uh so do check that out um at world one one we do have a uh email also or uh, world one one podcast at gmail.com w-o-r-l-d one one podcast at gmail.com and we have a twitter page um also at world one underscore one podcast um and larry i believe he has a twitch channel um uh so join us uh we do have two pages uh for world one one on facebook we have a world one one podcast forum uh so do join that for questions and discussions and world one one podcast for the actual podcast and some of our blogs and writings um we're getting more like i said sorry about that uh, we're getting more stuff planned out and fleshed out for 2017 so do look out forward to that and with that everybody that is the show thank you for joining me i really want to hear what you guys think um why aren't there many modern classic games or what do you see as a modern classic games or what do you recommend um you know i really want to hear what you guys think and with that everybody have a great week have a great weekend i will see you guys in 2017 um there's going to probably be some more episodes coming out uh throughout this week um so if in case if you missed this one there or you do get to this one i do want to give out some more content before the end of the year and with that everybody i am out peace